Okay, balls on the table time. I know what you're thinking, Kawe Army. Why do I need to get involved with Manscaped? Well, boys, it's not the 90s anymore. You don't want your nuts to be looking like Ivan Campo these days. You've got to give it a little tidy up. It makes it look bigger too. And Manscaped have just launched in the UK, so you can be among the first in the country to use their life-changing products. Sounds good, doesn't it? Needless to say, it's a delicate area down there. We all know that. One little nick and your boys are bleeding worse than big Terry Butcher's forehead back in the day. Luckily though, friends, Manscaped have redesigned the electric trimmer and perfected the greatest sack shaver of all time. Of all time! The new improved Lawnmower 3.0 just launched in the UK. It's got all sorts of cool features like a ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology and an LED light so you can see what you're doing down there. Very important. It's all more exciting than a poor cook presser, isn't it? It's waterproof too, so no need to worry about pubes going everywhere and you get a USB charging dock with it as well. 90 minutes of battery life, boys. That's more than enough. Unless, of course, you're Richard Trown trying to score a goal. So, make your testes their besties. Or to put it a different way, the KOA way, make your nuts look the nuts. And that's important when you're slapping them on a boardroom table to negotiate. KOA style. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. My name is Andy Warren and I'm joined by Stuart Watson and Ross Halls on this most joyous of days. It's a wonderful day and you all know why. I've got a blue tick on Twitter. I've been verified. Look at their little faces. Everyone's absolutely buzzing. What a what a day. What, what do you think of that? Where's that come from? Just Twitter, mate. No. decided someone... Just decides one Just day. Twitter, Mr. Twitter. Just big deal. Andy Warren, get him a blue tick. I've got an email at... Let's have a look at the time on this. They decided at 1.49am this morning <laughs> to uh, send me an email that said, um, guess who's verified with a question mark? And I, I, I received the email and I thought, oh, it's Stuart Watson, isn't it? Twitter, <laughs> Twitter are taunting me. But they weren't. It was me. It was me. But it does. It does come with some real responsibility. And this email does remind me of that. Um, it says, as you know, a verified badge tells people that your account is notable and authentic. And being part of this blue badge Twitter community comes with responsibility. And we hope you use it well. Brackets. Serious voice. Be kind. Lead by example. And tweet others how you want to be tweeted. It's very serious business, and I think there's a reason why I've been given this. I think that clearly they think that I can uphold the standards and improve their brand, and I'm fine. I'm fine to go with that, but I don't want I don't want to rub it in anybody's face. So this is the this is the last we'll speak of it. Okay. I'm I'm really I'm really happy for you, mate. <laughs> I believe no, seriously, you. I'm really happy. For you. <laughs> Thanks very much. I I promise I won't let it change me as a as a person, I'll still be, I'll still be me. Um, anyway, more, more importantly, <laughs> more importantly, the Ipswich Town fixtures are out today. It's a, it's a landmark day in the calendar. It's the day the official starting gun gets fired on the new season. We can still decide whether we want to call it next season 
or this season when we write about it. That's something we will debate. Um, but the fixtures are out. It's more come at home first up. We'll talk through all the important ones now, but we'll start with you, Stu. Um, what do you reckon? What's, uh, what, what's your, your overarching feeling now that we know how our lives are going to go down for the next nine months? It's a bit different for us, isn't it? We're having a look at where we've got to go and when and it, and how it sort of guides our entire lives for the next nine months. I guess for everyone else out there, you've all got little individual situations where, you know, what games are gonna, am I going to miss while I'm on holiday or at a wedding or um, can I make that away trip that I've always wanted to do? Um, so everyone has different things to look out for when they look at the fixture list. We always try and analyse it to within an inch of its life because that's the fun thing to do at this time of year. But quite frankly, it doesn't mean a huge amount, does it? You play everybody twice, home and away, and uh, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a fool's errand, as I said, trying to sort of make sense of it. But we'll, we'll give it a go anyway. Because uh... what about you? You've got a special. You've got a special trip on your birthday, haven't you? Uh, yeah, Bolton away. That would be uh, that would be nice for me. It's no, nowhere else I'd rather be on uh, on my birthday in January. Um, so yeah, what about you? Have you got a birthday game? I never know. I never used to get birthday games with, with Ipswich because it would always fall on an international break in October. Um, not there's not a not a birthday day game as such this year. But the closest one for me is a, a home game with Shrewsbury. So. That's three days before. That'll just kick off a festival, a festival of celebrations. Rossi, what um, what about you? Have you got a, you got any any landmarks in there? Birthday game? Anything else? Uh, my birthday's in July, so normally it's a, a pre-season friendly against somebody. What what, um, what date? What date in July? Twelfth of July. That's a Monday, so yeah, I think oh, it's Starts at Dartford and then and then all sorts kicking off. Possibly a a, a friendly at Berry Town on the Tuesday, in there. Yeah, standards. Yeah, take that. <laughs> nothing else in nothing else in there in terms of landmarks for you. Uh, not really. I think you know the Cheltenham Town away day on a on a Tuesday looks. Uh, I'm pleased that's happened in August. So it's going to be at least warm still-ish in the evenings. I think if that was a December Tuesday night, I think we would be very not happy. But yeah, there's a few away days. I think it's been kinder this year in terms of away days on a Tuesday. It's not that many. I know there's Doncaster and Rotherham and stuff, but nothing that really goes. I looked back yeah. through that um, earlier um, and there were 16, I think, away get, a Tuesday night games in the league alone. So that's not even taking into account the cup games. That was the, the the most hectic and relentless of seasons, obviously already truncated because of COVID. Then we had the, the games called off over Christmas that had to be rearranged. It was just non-stop, wasn't it? We were going to Fleetwood, Accrington, Hull, Sunderland, all on Tuesday nights. And not great for us, but not more importantly, not great for the players because... I think people will underestimate sometimes what that does. You know, the, the travel that adds to the fatigue of players sitting on coaches and getting back at three, four in the morning and stuff like that. And, and Paul Cook, towards the back end of the season, really had no time on the training pitch with his players at all between matches. Um, so looking at it this time, it just feels just a little bit more spread out and that there's going to be some proper gaps between games to, to fully prepare 
as you say, the, the Tuesday night games are, are pretty kind. Cheltenham's as bad as it gets in, in August. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. And it's, um, it's a decent start on paper, isn't it? Particularly with a home game, Ross, that's that's what we all wanted, wasn't it? We've all got this image in our mind now of the sun shining, Portman Road fan, uh, stands full-ish, um, relatively full. Hope, hopefully that works out the way that we want it. But to start off, what, what should be the real start of uh, another new beginning for, for Ipswich Town? We wanted that to be at Portman Road, didn't we, regardless of the opponent? Yeah, I think you know, Morecambe... Newly promoted, I'm going to steal Stu's line from his piece online, check out. Uh, you know, it can be a banana skin. You never know what you're going to get with a promoted team. Um, but yeah, it's always good to start the season at home. Some will be shining at Port and Road. New Dawn, the owners. Once again, I'm going to steal another line from you guys from your video you did on our YouTube channel. Um, they probably weren't ex- wanting Morecambe to be their first game at Port and Road, but it is what it is. At least it's at home, and I'm sure that's going to be a bounce on Port and Road. I've got this image of them being presented to the crowd and standing out in the middle of the of the centre circle prior to kick off, having a little wave around and uh, and things like that. That 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 should be great, shouldn't it? To, if that scenario paints itself on on August seventh at home to Morecambe Stew, that could be a that could be a really quite exciting day for the club. We just need a team on the pitch to to not then uh, let everybody down because that's what's tended to happen on the big days with with Ipswich in recent years. Yeah, just need a team on the pitch full stop at the moment. Obviously, there's a, there's a bit of time now between uh, now and the start of August, but the, the opening month in general, Morecambe, we've talked about as, as the opener, Cheltenham as way in there as well. And then I think there's MK Dons, Wimbledon and Burton, who all finished bottom half of League One last season. So a real opportunity to get off to a good start. But Ipswich might still be kind of piecing this squad together. Um, there'll be a lot more bodies in by the kickoff, no doubt about that. But whether they're all in and whether the key pieces of the jigsaw are in by that point, I don't know because I'm pretty sure some deals are going to go right down to the wire. Does the window shut without checking end end of the month on in August yeah. this year? So yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of significant business will still be taking place at that point there still might be some unanswered questions and you hope that Ipswich are are fit enough and have, have gelled enough and have kind of got the Paul Cook system uh, ready to go in time to kind of take advantage of that opening start and as Ross says it can go one or two ways against promoted sides sometimes I think you're better off playing teams that have got relegated early doors that are still in a bit of disarray and confidence is low whereas you know a team like Morecambe will be playing their first ever game of third-tier football at Portman Road. This is a club that is used to playing in front of crowds of about 2,000. Um, they are gonna, this is going to be an historic day for Morecambe Football Club and they're going to be looking around Portman Road. And I'm sure, you know, how often did we hear from Paul Cook and previous managers, this is, this is their cup final when they come to somewhere like Portman Road. And I just hope that, that Ipswich can kind of rise above that pressure. The thing I'm most looking forward to is just having fans back. That's, you know, put everything to one side. It was it was horrible last year. It was soulless and I just can't wait. I'm, I don't know how many are going to be allowed in come August the 7th. You're hoping at least the way things are heading, some, if not plenty. And uh, however many it is, that's, that's going to be electric, isn't it? With the new owners and the new era. Um, can't wait. Yeah, should be should be great. Any other games to look out for? I'm looking forward to my first trip to the home of the Shrimps to uh, 
two Morecambe, very important, shrimps, not shrimpers, um, which I can't even remember when that game is. I'm going to scroll and find it. February, you've nailed it. Excellent. End of February, February 26th, a trip to trip to the shrimps. I'm, I'm up for that. I've not been there before. Any any new grounds in there for, for, for you guys? I think that might be the only one for me. Up Who the shrimps. Got? I'm up Morecambe, Cheltenham and... Bolton and Cambridge, which you've definitely been to. Yeah. Stewie's frozen. Rossi, oh, oh, what about you? Uh, Cambridge, you know, I know we've been there before, but that'll be an interesting one. Is that our derby of the season? Because they're the closest sort of team. I don't know if we you know, class that as a derby. I'm sure Cambridge fans probably will. But, um, you know, Saturday, October um, 16th for that one. And then I think they're pretty much a quick turnaround when we play them again. I think it's in, actually, no, tell lights, 22nd of April when we face them. So, no, it's not a quick turnaround. Um, but, no, that should be an interesting one. Yeah, there's uh, there's obviously the key dates in there. Away away on Boxing Day at Gillingham, home to Lincoln, New Year's Day. Easter's interesting with um, Wigan on, on Easter Monday. And prior to that, Rotherham on on Good Friday. That could be that could be really interesting. And then at home to Charlton on the final day of what looks to be a, a relatively tough run in Stu. But we um we've looked at run ins in the past as being there's been easy run ins. One of them never got played. Um, the other easy run in was a little bit of a disaster. Um, the nil nil first. Yeah, probably probably not worth looking ahead at run ins just yet because. Uh, this league could shake out very differently to how we're how we're actually looking at these teams right now, couldn't it? Yeah. Before jumping ahead to that sort of run-in, which you're right, on paper, the, the Easter weekend, which is kind of moving weekend when things start to happen, um, Rotherham away, who I fully expect to be um, challenging again because they, they seem to have the formula for, for bouncing back from, from League One and Paul Warns knows what he's doing there. And then a good... Uh, sorry, an Easter Monday game against Wigan. Those Wigan games are certainly ones to look forward to with the, the Cook versus Richardson um, dynamic. Guion Edwards having gone there, both clubs shopping in the same market. Both clubs have got new owners, so they could they could be promotion rivals, possibly. And then uh, to finish off against Crew away, decent footballing side last season, although they've, they've had a few players starting to depart. And then Charlton at home, again, finished last season really strongly, and I think they'll be in the mix. So... Um, that's that's an interesting run-in, but before, I think we may be getting ahead of ourselves to, to jump ahead to that. The, the little period in the season that I'm always most interested in is kind of October, November time. We've seen Ipswich start really well in seasons. Even, you know, there was a season where I think they won the opening five under Mick McCarthy and, and faded away and then certainly have started both the last two seasons well. It's that October, November time when you really start to see the character of, of, a, of a team and how they respond to that first setback and when the pitches start to get a bit heavier and the weather turns, that's when you kind of, that's when the, that's when the, uh, the big boys kind of separate themselves, I think. And um, we know obviously the first time Ipswich have hit a bump in the road, the last couple of seasons, the wheels have fallen off. There was those back-to-back defeats against Accrington and Rotherham in the in the first season where they got a bit bullied by by Rotherham. That was an eye-opener. And then last season, um, Lincoln was one of the defeats in there, wasn't it? I can't remember the other team. So that's kind of the end of October time. So um, and my eyes immediately went to the fixture list at end of October period this season. 
Ipswich go to Portsmouth on a Tuesday night and then they host Fleetwood at home. So that has the potential to be another little bump in the road for Ipswich and I'm sure there will be setbacks along the way and you just hope that they can they can respond to them because then there's a that November period which is when managers start to get under pressure, fans start to get a bit twitchy and you start to see whether expectations meet reality. There's some tough old games in that November period. Sunderland away, Rotherham at home, Charlton coming up at the start of December. So that is the period of the season where where it's make or break for me. That's the time where we want Paul Cook and his players to, to find their big boy pants, pull them up and be the bullies. They might even sign the bully in, bully in chief, Matt Crooks. Um, as of yet, we'll get onto transfers and that kind, that kind of thing in a moment. But um, fixtures should be completed later today. We're recording this full disclosure before the Carabao Cup first round draw that's being made at three forty p.m. today. Um, anyone want to have a little guess? Let's let's play profit. Let's um, Ross. Who are, who are Ipswich going to draw in round one of the Carabao Cup? Have a little stab. So do you fancy? Do you fancy Crawley or Stevenage? Because that's the normal ones we get. <laughs> you always get them away from home or something or at home. So one of those probably. Which one? Uh, let's get our revenge against Crawley because they knocked oh. us out of the Papa John's. So. Oh, let's. Yeah, please give me some of that. <laughs> Stu, who, who's your prediction, Stu? Who are they drawing in uh, Carabao Cup? So it's north-south divide, is that correct? Yep. Is there a seeding system no, in place? There's no seeding. Okay. Uh, couple, oh. A couple of scenarios that I would quite like. Maybe a bit of a Mick McCarthy reunion with Cardiff. That, that could Mick, Mick coming back to Portman Road. That's that's hashtag narrative. Uh, or maybe a little trip to Sutton. Sutton now in the football league as well. New ground, not far away. For the Aaron Drynan Memorial <laughs> Shield, potentially. Give us a prediction, Stu. Mine's mine's Wickham Wanderers. I think they're going to draw Wickham Wanderers um, very quickly. Who's it going to be? You've said who you want. Who's it? Who's it actually going to be? It's pro- probably someone in League One that that we're not bothered about. Do you know what I really don't want it to be? Is is that? And it probably will happen. Is that the the opening game will be this cup game? All this excitement about the first home mm. game being Morecambe, and now increasingly the season starts with the Carabao Cup first round fixture because clubs. I think if both clubs agree, you can move it forward before that first game and that doesn't feel like the curtain raiser to me that always just feels like an extension of pre-season we had it last year with um Bristol Rovers didn't we um but yeah I hope I hope it sits in that Tuesday slot after the first game I'm gonna ask you one more time give me just 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 just, okay thanks very much just shouldn't shouldn't have to ask think of that many times really underwhelming from league one what will be I'll be Gillingham, won't it? Gillingham as well. Playing him in the Papa John's. We're going to play him in the league twice and now the Carabao Cup. Ugh. Nice seg- nice segue, Ross. Papa John's trophy. That draw will be completed today, but the interesting part of it's already happened. Um, Gillingham, as you say, that's not the interesting part of it. Um, Colchester United, likely to be visiting Portman Road um, due, to, due to the rules in place. It looks like that one's probably going to be the home game. So um, that could be... That's hashtag narrative, isn't it? There's... All of the narratives in there potentially. Scoos, Chambers, Judge, Sears. Who have I forgot? Emma Sm- could end up there yet. Smith, Gherkin, Newble, Eastman. <laughs> There's nine. I wonder how many of those will play. They're quite 
centered on developing the kids and that's the tournament where where the kids tend to play don't they so um I don't know. I'm sure Mr. Chambers and Co will be quite up for that game. I think. I think they might be. I think there could be quite a strength. Yeah, there could be quite a push internally. I think for that one to maybe maybe not be maybe not quite so many kids. There's the rules in there, aren't there? Where you have to have five five starters from the previous or following league game in there. So you could um, you could certainly see a scenario where they, those guys would really push to play to play in that game. It would be nice in many ways if it was at Portman Road. Obviously, Skews and, Skews and Chambers both sort of exited in front of an empty stand, didn't they? They could at least um, at least maybe get the round of applause they would deserve that day before uh, before going to battle against Ipswich, which um, whether it happens or not remains to be seen, but that'd be interesting, wouldn't it, Ross? I'd, lo- I'd, I'd be fascinated to watch it. I think you'd find some very motivated players coming back to back to Portman Road. I'm intrigued on what Paul Cook's going to do in the tournament. Will he play the kids or will he actually, you know, do you know what? It's an opportunity to go to Wembley here. So, yeah, I'll be intrigued which first teamers will play against Cole Scoot and co, Chambers and co. Um, but, yeah, it'll be very intriguing. I'm sure they, they deserve that reception. I don't know. I'm sure there'll be more, you know, fans in attendance for this game instead of, you know, normal Pat John's trophy games. Normally we get 2,000, 3,000, but I'm sure there'll be more fans just intrigued to see how they do play. And uh, to sort of say hello and um, g- goodbye as well. <laughs> nice little Chambers fist pump to the top tier of the Cobold stand once if once Colchester have secured their their two nil win. Um, it's an interesting point, Ross, about how Cook will treat these cups. But if he's if he's slimming down a squad, he wants a squad of 22, 22 players. We're not going to be in the position that we we've seen with Ipswich in the past of of just having a ridiculous amount of senior pros to play in these games. So I think it will be quite a stark choice between going with the first team or going with the proper proper kids? It's hard to say at this point, Stu, but what do you reckon? Um, I think he'll go stronger than we've had in the past for the FA Cup and the League Cup. got no doubt about that. I think he's had some decent runs in, in both those competitions with, with previous clubs. Before, the trophy's a little bit different. I wonder if we'll see a, a, a smattering of the... Uh, some of the young lads that impressed us so much for the under-18s last season with the run run to the uh, the semi-finals of, of the Youth Cup. So I imagine it will be fairly mix and match for, for the trophy games, but um, probably stronger than than we're used to for, for the other competitions. That that's that's my prediction. Don't spoil my fun. I'm 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 still all in on this competition. By the way, you, even we're not getting third year fatigue on the the Papa John's Trophy for me. I'm um, I'm still. I'm still all in on it. Um, before we move on from from fixtures and fittings and those kind of things, any any other fixtures business? Uh, no, no other fixtures business. Christmas, we had the Christmas wiped out last year. Um, and this year we've got three home games out of four over Christmas. Obviously, Gillingham on Boxing Day, but uh, two home games leading up to Christmas, a home game on New Year's Day. So, um, lots of footballing fair over the festive period which will be nice for everybody Ross any other fixtures business you happy with drilling them on Boxing Day I'm always intrigued on I don't mind on a way day on Boxing Day but sometimes it is nice just to pop down a Portland Road after you know the Christmas dinner but Gillingham isn't too far for Boxing Day I know they try to schedule it so it's not a too far of a trip I know we've had you know QPR on Boxing Day a few times away at Loftus Road but 
Yeah, thanks. No, Master no, one, away one year, I think, didn't they? But um, that's, that's fine by me. Could be a bit cold and wet in that open away end at Priestfield, <laughs> couldn't it? You, I, I, yeah. Last time fans were there from an Ipswich perspective, it was gloriously hot August day, wasn't it? I think uh, might be a little bit different this time around. Okay, we move. We move on. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. Saturday is fast approaching, and Saturday is the day that the Ipswich Town squad, or what is left of it, return for, for pre-season training. The, the starting gun's been fired. We are into the 2021-22 season, but it's going to look a little different up at up at Playford Road, as um, I'm sure many of you will have seen a story uh, on our website this week and elsewhere also about a split in the squad. We, we kind of knew this was probably coming. It, we, we talked about the demolition man. Paul Cook and and how he sees what he inherited at Ipswich and looking to move on from that. But he's um if it if it wasn't clear enough already, Stu, uh news of how the squad is split heading into preseason training um makes it pretty clear uh just how many of these players still may well move on. Um are you are you right to run us through uh, run us through that story? Uh, yeah, I think the players were contacted. What day are we on now? Thursday. So Tuesday, some written correspondence went out to to all of the players, telling them that when they return for pre-season training on Saturday, which will be the usual sort of bleep tests and fitness tests and all that sort of stuff, that they are to report to two separate dressing rooms. There, There's a first-team dressing room list and an under-23s dressing room list. And there are just 11 players on that first-team dressing room list who are... The two new boys, Lee Evans and Wes Burns. And then you've got Thomas Holy, Kane Vincent Young, Janoy Danassian, Luke Wolfenden, Enciala and Darba, Nolan, El Mazzuni and Norwood, which means there are quite a number of surprising names that have been demoted, bombed out, whatever phrase you want to use, to the, to the under-23. So there's a 31-man list, many of which are the, the, the new young pros, but amongst them will be Flynn Downs, Caden Jackson, Miles Kenlock, Teddy Bishop, Armando Dobra and Jack Lancaster. Um, interestingly, Aaron Drynan's not mentioned at all on either list. So uh, read into that what you will. There was a line on the bottom of this, this letter that went out to the players that literally just said this could change at the manager's discretion. Um, so is this a bit of a, a psychological challenge to some of those ones in, in the 23s to... Uh, to knuckle down and, and um, maybe a bit of a test to see how they, they respond to that. Uh, I don't know. I, I imagine a large number of them will move on. We understand Jackson's one that's been told he can, can move on. The Flynn down situation's a little bit more complicated by the fact that obviously he put in a transfer request last summer and Paul Cook's made it clear that he wants people that, that are fully committed. And I, I think, you know, in an ideal world, they'd keep Flynn downs. But if, if, if his head has been turned and he still thinks and wants to, to move up the chain, then I don't think Ipswich will stand in his way like they did before. And and likewise, some of those 11 players on the first team list, I don't think that means it's set in stone that they're, they're here to stay either. I think some of them is literally the case that Paul Cook won't have seen the likes of Danassian and El Mazzuni and Darba, people who finished last season on loan. It's literally a case of, I just need to see what you're all about. So, um. Interesting stuff, isn't it? It's uh, eleven players reporting back for first team training on on the first day of the season. 
Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting approach. How it how it pays off, we'll see. I hope that under twenty three dressing room is is big. That's um, that's going to have to be quite sizable to uh, to fit to fit everybody in there. Um, Ross, what do you make? What do you make of this? Um, there's obviously plenty to discuss. Maybe maybe we could look at a bit more at the players that are with the under twenty threes, particularly those six mentioned there: Jackson, Bishop, Dobra, Downs. Kenlock, Lancaster. Um, any of those you're feeling disappointed if if they they aren't involved and and do indeed move on? I think maybe Jack, you know, Lancaster. You know, I know he's had his injury problems and stuff, but I'm shocked that he's in that. Um, Jackson, I'm not surprised with. I, I felt I feel like he's definitely one foot out the door already. Um, I don't know if this has never happened, has it? Our, our football club has never happened at Edges Town before. Like, uh, the previous managers has put loads of first teamers in the under 23s. It's normally, you know, if they are going to be leaving the club, they still train with the first team and then they, you know, they go when they go. Um, it's Dobra, been precedent, I guess. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt in terms yeah. of like going back to the Roy Keane era when he fell out with various players and people like Ben Thatcher getting stuck in with the the reserves and obviously even more recently with Nolan and Jackson in there, but they tend to be sort of individual or small numbers of people punished within a season. But I, I don't think I've ever known a precedent like this for for this to be the, the opening day of pre-season training and the sheer number of them. This is, I don't know if there'd be much of a precedent like this at any club, let alone Ipswich. Mm-hmm. I think we have to be honest and say this probably didn't completely surprise us that it's, that it's come to this point, this is all quite in keeping with with what we heard around the end of the season, isn't it, Stu? In terms of in terms of the story that we ran at that point, in in the vast majority of these players being told, including some of those on the on the other list, for what it's worth, um, being told they could move on. It, it's pretty clear now, if it wasn't already, that that this is what Paul Cook wants to do. He wants he wants to move on. So many of these players. Mm-hmm. It's funny, isn't it? You had all the comments from Paul Cook about Demolition Man and then there was, the the players were released and I think the response to that was, oh, I thought he was going to be Demolition Man. He's hardly cleared the decks there and then slowly but surely more more have left and now we're now up to 18 first team players, including Loneys from from last season that have left. I think they contributed more than 50% of the league starts last season and, and suddenly people have I've just sensed the the mood has started to change a little bit. To oh, hold on, this is this feels a little bit real now. And how many have we got left? And it's obviously exacerbated by the fact there's only two in the door so far, and that those two came in early, and it's all gone a little bit quiet at the moment. And we're just hearing sort of Mark Ashton talking about lots of plates spinning and lots of irons in the fire. Um, and there is plenty of time to go, and we discussed that the, the market is the way it is at the moment, and there might have to be a bit of patience here. But at the moment. I think everyone's just a little bit ultimately trusting the process, but naturally a little bit unnerved. And and um, is there any surprises in there? Dobra would probably be the surprise for me. I thought he finished the season quite strongly. And for me, he, he showed a lot of the qualities that Paul Cook was asking for. And Paul Cook himself was talking about, he just looks like someone who wants to enjoy his football and has got that sort of street footballer vibe to him. And, so for him to kind of be chucked in there um, was a little bit of a, a surprise to me, but um, I think I think quite a few of these will move on, won't they? I mean, you've done a story, Andy, on on Lancaster. Yeah, Jack Lan- Jack Lancaster. I think there's been there's been a lot of interest in him 
this summer and um per per our story there's there's every chance that he moves to Cambridge which which should be a a good move for him it's obviously league 1 football they were promoted last season so he he's one that I could fully see being elsewhere next season I, th- I think people like Ken Lock I think it's it's pretty clear that maybe that's it's time for him to move on bishop bishop similar jackson very much so um dobra dobra may be slightly different potentially um I certainly hope so um and and then flynn downs is its, is its own situation isn't it we've reported previously interest from from barnsley there and, and other championship clubs we we know are keen as well um flynn downs is an interesting one isn't it guys um because clearly he's a player that on on paper, and we talk about all this being on paper, that that really any team should want. I think so. Yeah, I. But as you you know, you both mentioned you know last summer he ended in a transfer request. So and he said Paul Cook wants players who are committed to the cause, and you know Downs unfortunately got that injury. I don't know if he's recovered from that injury properly yet. I'm sure he is, but um, I feel like he's just. He's going to have to really. I don't know. If fans, I don't know if fans have turned on him or not. I don't know, but I think he will be a big loss if he does go. Because I think he's a he's a fantastic footballer, but I think I don't know. It's a long road now back for him to get back in this squad, and yeah, be very intrigued on what his situation happens. Yeah, what I about the? Be... Sorry, Andy. Go, go Steve. Go. No, I think he'd be a big loss. I thought he was their standout player in the first season down in League One. I thought he was a big miss last season. Um, obviously, first few games missed by being sort of left out with the transfer request saga, then injured sort of on and off uh, for for much of the season after that. I think he's well suited. We talked about Dazelle maybe not being suited to League One football. Dazelle uh, down, sorry, I think is suited to Cook football. I think he's suited to League One football. I think he's an asset that they could have made a lot more money on uh, if and when they get promoted to, to the championship. and. So you're looking now at, at losing him for, for not a great deal of money. If we were turning down bids of what circa 1.6 million, we think sort of last season from Palace, well, his price is going to have depreciated from then. He's a, he's a year further into his contract. He's had an injury hit campaign behind him. I just wonder whether what Ipswich's valuation of him is going to be met by clubs elsewhere. I'm sure that there'll be a bit of um, There'll be a bit of a standoff on that one, and and my fear is that that what that will rumble on and on, and and you don't really want those situations kind of hanging over you as you go in into the first few games. You kind of had it with with Martin Waghorn going into the start of the season, um, not that long ago, and I don't think that's particularly healthy. I mean, the other thing is that I, I don't. I think maybe that Premier League boat may have sailed for for Flynn Downs. That was his kind of summer to make that move to a club like Palace. It's probably going to be championship interest now. Barnsley, we know, are interested. There's other championship clubs, but it's whether he now has got boosted ideas in his mind about what sort of club he's going to go to and whether he's going to wait and wait to see if if other clubs come in and, and whether that does happen. So I don't think this is a situation that's going to be resolved particularly quickly. Particularly, particularly now, if he's going to be training with the under-23s, it could get could get quite ugly, couldn't it? Not not just for him, but for other for other players in there. Just to we know Ipswich have had big squads in the past, but they weren't full of players who had literally who were told you are not you're not training with the first team. You're not involved. It has got that. It has got the the potential to get slightly ugly there. I I would fear. Hopefully, hopefully for everyone's sake, those players are 
are either moved on or can push their way back in, and that they're not just left sitting around. What what about the what about the ele- the eleven? We'll call them the eleven. Um, Sue's right. There's there's players in there that that Cook hasn't seen. Danassian was obviously on loan at at Fleetwood and could potentially have gone back there as part of the Burns deal, but he's going to get a chance just to just to show what he can do. And Darba was up at air. Idris was was on loan at Grimsby and such. A, subsequently injured so he's not seen any of these guys Nolan as well who obviously Nolan, yeah. pretty much within days of, of Cook arriving as well so I think that's probably rather than being a sort of a real stamp of approval for those players this is a case of I've got to be fair to you and and judge you with my own eyes I mean I don't think anyone can see with the greatest respect Corey and Darbo Idris El Mazzuni being being key men next season you would imagine that you know, their next step would be another a loan spell. Um, Thomas Holy, you've, you know, we're, we're pretty uh, pretty sure that, that both Holy and Cornell were told that they could move on this summer. That might just be a case of needing a goalkeeper to be involved in the sessions because they haven't got another one through the door at the moment. With you know, with Harry Wright and having moved on as well. So and and Shebeck as well. So I wouldn't read too much into the fact that Holy's been been included in in that. Um, Really, I guess the the ones that you could take as a stamp of approval would be Wolfenden and, and Norwood, who we both wondered whether there might be some question marks hanging over them at the back end of last season. Um, but the fact that they're both included might say to me that that um, that they're very much in in Paul Cook's mm. plan going forwards. I think the one that intrigues me the most, Ross, is out of that list. Is aside from those two, is is maybe Toto and Siala. Um, who had a had a good had a good season last season? I think we discussed before. Um, I, I probably would have given him my vote for the Player of the Year, um, but he was expecting to leave um, and could well still leave. But he's on he's on the list and he's not out he's not out of the door just yet. Do you see Do you see a role for him? I think potentially. I think um, that is a position you know position we need to really strengthen in and. Well, really, we've got a lot of defenders at the moment. Looking at 11, there's pretty much most of it is defenders. You know, Genoi, Wolfie, Nciala, Andaba, you know, Vincent Young as well. Um, as I said this before, this is more of a joke of what I'm saying here, but Toto, because he's scouse. I think that's why they're keeping him out, him and Nolan, because they're scouse and they just they want to keep that sort of going on. So that's probably why. James, James Norwood, crucially, Ross, is 30. Thoughts on that? Mm. Hmm. Famously, he's fine. He's fine. He's it, fine. It's you know, when's he? Is he? When's he? Thirty-one. Is he thirty-one before the season starts? Mm, relatively, relatively soon, I believe. Wow. Well, if he doesn't win the bleep test, then possibly he, I'll have some words with Paul Cook and Co. So, maybe yeah. that's what this is. Maybe, maybe they've just this. Whoever wins the bleep test will be allowed to stay. Maybe it's that. Maybe that's the way. That'd be quite fun, wouldn't it? I'd like to be. He's not winning it, is he? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Quite possibly not. No. Norwood's going to come back in decent nick, isn't he? You you had your interview with him the other day, where he's talked about. I think he's gone away with a bit of fire in the belly to to prove a few people wrong. Perhaps hasn't had the the first two seasons that he or anyone else expected at Ipswich Town. A lot a lot of that has been outside of his control with with injury setbacks and everything I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of James Norwood yet someone who has historically not had many injuries in his career at all and scored lots of goals and and 
when he's been on the pitch, his goal scoring record's been good. So I'm looking forward to seeing Norwood back next season. Mm-hmm. I'm pleased that he's he's part of it. I think some some proper competition up front that will keep him on his toes will, will be really healthy for him as well. So he's not feeling the, the real burden on his shoulders. Um, fitness is, is going to be an interesting one, actually, because we talked about that don't panic. There's still lots of time to get players in the door. But the longer the summer goes on with getting players in the door, A, you're missing out on real sort of opportunity for team bonding, which I think is massive under under Paul Cook and is a big part of the pre-season tours he's had and stuff in the past. But B, fitness is huge for Paul Cook. The way his sides play, the intensity that they play at, he's made it pretty clear that, that pre-season is vital to get these players in the correct nick so that they're still performing when we get to those depths of winter that we talked about before. And that's where Ipswich have fallen short in previous seasons. So yes, there's a bit of time, but you don't want to, you don't want to miss out too much because they might not be quite getting the same standards of uh, pre-season elsewhere than, than, than they'll be expected to undertake here. You mentioned being in decent Nick. One thing that will not Nick you is manscaped, is manscaped products. Don't laugh. So time for a little. It's time for a little word from our sponsors because I forgot to mention it at the beginning. We are, of course, still sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offer precision engineered tools for the family jewels, which will not nick. Manscaped's trusted by over two million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs and get twenty percent off and free delivery with the code KOA at Manscaped.com. There. I'm verified. I've had my second jab today. I've fulfilled my sponsorship ob- obligations. Get to talk to you. This is a wonderful day. Uh, we'll move on from sponsorship to transfers. This is normally at the top of the show, but it's so so packed, packed once again today that we've, we're only getting to transfers now, 40 minutes in. Um, two in the door so far, guys, Wes Burns and Lee Evans, as you were, um, as per the previous show on this. Are you... Any any sort of worry starting to to creep in now with you guys regarding the, the state of the, the market by now? I think we all would have expected at least one or two more to come through the door by this point, wouldn't we? Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm always looking out on you know League One transfers, and there's been a lot of you know good business being made. Um, a lot of free agents, of course, getting sorted. Um, I don't think there's been many fees getting chucked about for players, so I ain't got to worry about that sort of thing. But some of the free agents, some players you may have heard of, may not heard of, but you're like thinking, oh, we could have maybe got that guy, maybe. Or, you know, you think free agents are easier to sort. But, you know, as we said before, trust the process. Still, you know, we're not got into July yet, but um, you'd thought maybe one more, at least one more signing before that they start pre-season. But one thing I thought about the other day, I don't know if this is me just saying random stuff here, but do you think he'll invite a few players in for training and like don't put it on a sheet or anywhere, but just invite just a few players who are free agents just to see what they are like and then maybe run the rule over them? Or is that me just saying random stuff now? Do you, do you get what try I mean? Try list for pre-season. Yeah, try list. Yeah. Um, Possibly, if we're shorter numbers and, you, and there's there's someone that you think sort of not not got a club and they want to have a look at, it's not impossible, is it? I think, like you say, that there is business going on in League One, but I look at that, I look at the business that's gone on. I don't think there's loads of players in there that you're thinking, 
we've missed out on them. Yeah, Scott Twine is, is probably about as eye-catching as it's got going to um, MK Dons was someone that people talked about, but I don't think there's loads in there that you're thinking we're missing the boat on these. The fear, obviously, is that by Ipswich setting their ambitions really high in the transfer market, which we know they are, they're looking at championship players, trying to persuade players perhaps to, to drop down and, and selling them the ambitious project here. I think you have to play a waiting game on those because, as we've said before, they're going to wait to see what else is out there and bide their time. And the fear is that by Ipswich getting trapped in that waiting game, you, you wait, wait, wait on options A and B. And by the time those have gone, then options C, D and E have, have moved moved on as well. And that's where you can get yourself in a pickle. But right now, I think it's it's too early to be worrying about things. I had a little look back through sort of dates of looking at the successful clubs in League One and, and when their sort of the bulk of their transfer business came. And they, a good example was Wickham in 2019-20. They had, I think when they came back to pre-season, single digits of, of players that were available. I mean, they were among relegation candidates, weren't they, going in, into that season? And then they signed, I think they signed one at the start of July and looking at it, 11 players arrived after the 19th of July. And between then and wow. the end of the window. And and that's not uncommon. I mean, that's an extreme example. But, you know, looking back through Coventry and Rotherham that season, last season as well, obviously the dates don't quite align because the season started later. But this is still early in the transfer window. I think everyone needs to remind themselves of that. It's probably important to say at this part, part, uh, moment as well, um, Rakeem Harper's still still hanging in the air, isn't it? That That's a deal that's still very much on for it. For Ipswich, um, understand the fee, the fee agreed, and all sorts down the line with that one. But the the delays coming at, at the West Brom end, they've they've got no manager. Although it does sound like they're getting very close to to Valerian Ishmael now, and and no sporting director who's has ended up leaving as a result of of all of their the fallout of their management search as well. So that there's holdups in that deal, but that's that's one that we've expected for probably. Has it, are we talking two weeks now, Stu? Three. It's been there, isn't it? Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it's been a little while. I've got a lovely little profile piece on him, sitting waiting in the system, ready to go when he signs. So he better sign, otherwise that's going to be a waste of time. You, um, yeah, he will hear about that if he doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, my fear was someone like Appleton was going to want to get at the job at West Brom and might might put the brakes on that one. I don't know if Valerian... Uh, is is necessarily going to be coming in and, and pulling the rug out from under that? I might be wrong, um, but I, I think with it being so advanced, I'd be surprised if that one fell through. Now, yeah, maybe just a, maybe just a waiting game there. Mark Ashton's been speaking today actually, and of of course was was asked about transfers. He he's expecting some uh, fairly fairly soon. He would be expecting some some near faces or uh, some new faces. Sorry, obviously he's been quoted previously talking about three, four, five, maybe even six sort of deals uh, on on sticks spinning as a plate. Um, There's a couple of specific ones to talk through. There's the goalkeeping situation. Benjamin Segrist is a a goalkeeper who we've all, let's be honest, we've all learned quite a bit about him over the last month. I'm not sure many people are going to boast having seen uh, too much of him at Dundee United in recent, recent seasons. Um, but he's one that Ipswich very keen on, um, and and Ben Amos as well at Charlton Stew, who's a, a goalkeeper that you've you mentioned probably on on the pod 
probably two weeks ago as well as being one that's um that's that's on it Ipswich's radar. They want a number one, don't they? And um by it looks like it looks to me like one of these two men could ultimately be be that number one. Yeah, could sign them both, you know, and that, that might then free up the Thomas Holy exit situation there. I think they probably will end up trying to sign two goalkeepers. Ben Amos is out of contract at Charlton, was their first choice goalkeeper throughout the whole of last season. Um ex Manchester United youngster who was at Bolton previously, am I right in saying that? Yep. So um and Seagrist is someone that's um, had a fair bit of hype surrounding him. You know, one of the best goalkeepers up in, in Scotland by by all accounts. Um, talking about fees in the region of £350,000, I think that sounds like that's a fairly active situation now that we're into kind of negotiations zone between between the two clubs. There was talk about Celtic being in for, Jan, in, in for him in January and whether he was kind of waiting to see if that, that progressed. But... Um, yeah, goalkeeper situations hotting up. Um, haven't heard anything about a left back yet. Still, but I don't think there's been a single name out there at the moment. And given that Kenlock is the only left back in the club, and he's in the uh, he's in the bomb squad at the moment, um, I, I wouldn't mind hearing a little bit more about a left back at some stage. The only name that is out there, Stu, has been put out there by you as a joke. Um, and I, it was the uh, Ian Matson, wasn't it? At at um... Was he on loan at Charlton last season? Yeah, yeah. That, could, the, that, that might Chelsea just have to happen. That might that might be the one that's going to happen now. That's a hot take. That's a punt. I wouldn't call it a joke, but yeah, it was just uh, there's nothing no, nothing backing that one up at all. But um, yeah, I think like I just keep saying, fullbacks are massive to Paul Cook's system, and um, uh, that's a little strange that we haven't heard any. There hasn't been a single name from anywhere arrive left back at the moment. Um, Michael Jacobs is looking a bit further forward uh, in the in the team. Is is one that you did a story on, Andy? Yeah, um, he's one that's known to Paul Cook. He's he he was part of um, his Wigan teams, um, the one that won League League One under him. Scored twelve goals that season. He's, he's right footed, but has played on the left. Can play behind the striker. Can play on the right, and I think he would fit really nicely into into Cook's squad, whether he's a starter, I, I don't know. But if you're going to want a small squad, having someone that can play That's any of those front three positions is is perfect. Um so he could be he could be one. Yep, I think that that one's one they've looked into quite quite seriously. Um he ended last season with hamstring and then knee trouble, which has not cleared up uh yet. Um so I think there's a feeling that that one might be later into July if that one's if that one's going to happen, but um, you know he's a player we, we've seen before, isn't he, Stu? He's he's a front foot player. He he can. I just think that versatility is going to be really important for, for Cook because you can't have a small squad without having players that can play multiple multiple positions. No, I think in that front end of the pitch, the sort of the striker and the three support players, I'd be very surprised if there's you know two players for every position along there when you're talking about having that tight knit squad that you tend to have a fair bit of versatility across those positions and Jacobs ticks that box on the face of it. He might be, is he 29 now? Yeah. Injury back end of last season. I'm not sure it's the one that's going to suddenly stick a few more hundred season tickets on, but he's trusted to Paul Cook. And I think Paul Cook trusting in his players and knowing he talks a lot about 
consistency of players and knowing I need to know exactly what I'm going to get from them week in, week out. And um, clearly Jacobs is someone that he feels that he has that with. So, um, yeah, the injury situation sort of clouds that one a little bit. But um, I think we all knew that he was going to go back in for two or three of his former players. We've already got Lee Evans through the door and it it wouldn't surprise me one bit if there's not at least a a couple more players that he's worked with before. Mm. I think the the injuries kind of only really bit him last season. This isn't a, a player that's had injury trouble going back several years or anything like that. And when, by by all accounts, I'll speak speaking to a few people that have watched Portsmouth regularly over the last season, he was only there a season. Um, when he was on the field, he was he was brilliant for them. Um, they won ten of the twelve games that he started in League One, and he was really good for them. So the concern is the injuries. I think Portsmouth have that concern. Ipswich have that concern. So it's the reason Portsmouth are potentially entertaining the idea of allowing him to move on. And, and it's the reason that why Ipswich are maybe holding off on, on getting that done. So yeah, that could be one to maybe check in and on in again, maybe in a couple of weeks is the kind of time frame that I was, that I was given, I was given on that one. Ross, are you, uh, are you with us? I'm here. Sorry, my my headphones died because I've got wireless headphones, so I had to quickly swap them out for another pair. So uh, I'm back. Seamless, seamlessly done. Um, yeah. If there, if Ipswich were to sign a player tomorrow, what um what position would you like him to play? Or today, or later today? Doesn't yeah, to like, yeah. A um, uh, a left back would be ideal because we haven't got a left back really at the club. Mars Kenlock. Does he count? Yes, he does, but it seems like he's very much out the door. Um, goalkeeper, obviously, I think that would be. I think the goalkeeper would have been nice, definitely, because we're getting linked with pretty much every goalkeeper who has been in League One um, or the other guy from Dundee. But uh, yeah, a goalkeeper or left back would be nice. Can I throw something into the mix? I've thrown this into the mix with Stu already this week in private and he's and he smiled i'm gonna i'm gonna share this publicly right this is the hottest unnecessarily hot of takes that surely will not happen but i'm just gonna chuck it out there and there are reasons for it okay there's a free agent out there who's recently become a free agent former ipswich player had a loan spell here impressed a lot widely regarded to be the best loan, technically the best loan, not necessarily the best impact, but technically the best loan player that Ipswich have ever had. I think I know who you're talking about. He's now Giovanni Dos Santos, right? Yeah. Is is now a free agent. At the age of 32, he's left Club America in Mexico. And on the face of it, that seems ridiculous, right? Surely can't happen. Why would why would he leave Mexico to go to to come back to come back to Ipswich? But hear me out, okay? There are there's some dots here. Giovanni dos Santos is a former LA Galaxy player who lives in LA. Brett Johnson, who watches the MLS, MLS games on a regular basis. Brett Johnson, Mark Detmer, Berke Bakai. Who will have seen him ripping up MLS? Who will know that he's a player that is loved at Ipswich? The ownership. So is this crazy? I probably thought it was crazy when uh, Mr. Drogba 
was uh, lured over exactly. to Phoenix Rising. They do like to get a uh, a name that gets the people going. Would this get the people going? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> obviously not. It's the, yeah, no. It's the wild, the wildest of theories. Um, I think he, I think his wages would be very, very high. But don't worry, I've thought of a scenario around that as well. Uh, obviously, Ipswich are limit, limited to spending sixty percent of their turnover on on their playing staff in terms of wage this season. Get around that. Phoenix Rising sign him and loan him at a favourable, a favourable rate. Uh, which means not only do Phoenix get their next marquee player at some point, um, some months of the year, but Ips- Ipswich Town do too. What do you think? Happy. I'll, I'll take that. I loved it. It's the hottest of hot takes. I heard this hot straight from your mouth on the phone the other... Yeah, my initial reaction was, that's ridiculous. But the more you think about it, the more you can convince yourself. I love so you're it. saying there's a chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just remember, wait. If if this wildest wildest of takes comes to fruition, just just remember where you hurt. Just remember who made it up. Completely made it up. Um, very similar style of player. We'll quickly move on to Ollie Hawkins, yeah. who has who has left Ipswich Town this week after just just one season. He's gone to Mansfield for an undisclosed nominal, surely nominal fee. Um, he was always one that was going to go, wasn't he, guys? Um, how are we how are we feeling about a year and twenty three games of of Ollie Hawkins at Ipswich Town? Well, my my hot take about him maybe staying on as an emergency backup centre back didn't didn't date particularly well, did it? Um, None of our hot takes do, mate. They're all terrible. They never ever come off. And that's what hot takes should be. Exactly. Yeah, I think Ross said in a video before is his career at Ipswich is over before it ever really got off the ground. Um, scored the scored at Crew. I kind of remember. I think I best remember him for the game at Plymouth, where, where I think he came on and um, caused a bit of havoc and set up Caden Jackson down there. But um, although Paul Cook's going to be playing four two three one, I'm not sure a, a sort of a bona fide target man type like him was ever going to be the type of player that he wants someone maybe a little bit more mobile so um, another player that has left Ipswich and dropped down the division got some breaking news uh, coming into the podcast um, semi Ipswich Town related a former Ipswich Town loanee has signed for Blackpool it's not Gio Dos Santos uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for sent- thank you for the WhatsApp Ross uh, Callum Connolly Stu who who is one that we we did wonder, didn't we? There's obvious links to to Paul Cook. He played under him at, at Wigan. Obviously, was a success here relatively at, at Ipswich. But he's um he's off the market and he's in he's in the Championship. Yeah, this this is another one then that highlights the dangers that we've talked about. Where you kind of if you set your targets high and then miss out on some of these players to the likes of of Blackpool and others, um, that's the danger. But we want Ipswich to set their targets high, don't we? So uh, by the very nature of it, some will slip through the net. I don't know how serious the interest in, in Callum, Callum Connolly got. He was certainly someone that they've talked about this summer. I know that much. It's someone that, that you know, they, they spoke to people uh, about Callum Connolly, but may, maybe it became pretty clear that he was um, his targets were set on, on going to um, to the championship. And I'm sure Mr. Mr. Garbutt has probably told him... Uh, it's a good place to, to be as well. So, um, 
Yeah, it's a shame that because I think he would have been ideal. We talked a lot about how he would, would have ticked a number of boxes for Ipswich. This is the danger, isn't it? Like you said, Stu, um, there's, you're going to have to sell Ipswich something special if you're going to turn someone away from a championship move to, to come to come here. If it's a straight choice between a two-year deal in the championship, which is what he's got, hopefully Blackpool stay up um, so you can see that through. But it's quite the sales pitch you're going to have to put in there, isn't it? To try and to try and wrestle somebody's chance of playing in the championship away on on the promise of a yeah you're going to win promotion with us from League One and and play in the championship next season. That is that's quite a sell. It is, yeah, and I'm sure money will will help as well. Um, but for all the talk about the the money that Ipswich have got behind them now, there's no getting away from the the FFP constraints as well. So it's not like you can just chuck anything you want at it as well. So I'm sure the gap between what Ipswich can offer and what lower end of the championship can offer isn't vast. But whether that that project being sold come to a, a team that's going to be really pushing for promotion is enough to convince some of these players to come in, time will tell, won't it? Sonny Bradley's obviously one that they couldn't quite, quite win that argument with. Um, and I'm sure there'll be others that slip through the net. So um, I just we just we just need one really good one in to to we talked before about get the dominoes to start falling because I think you start to do one or two um, and then that that gets the ball rolling and I think that more than anything will attract players to come if they think well he's gone there you know that's that's serious I'm I'm getting I'm getting on this train. So what you're saying is if Brett. Mark Detmer, Burke, Burke Bakai, of course, uh, massive Galatasaray fan. Who played for Galatasaray? Gio de Santos. What you're saying is push the boat out and get the Gio deal done, and then watch watch them come. That's what you're that's what you're saying. Um, just to round off our little uh, former Ipswich Town loanee section, Mark McGuinness uh, has moved to the Championship. He signed a three year deal with Mick McCarthy's Cardiff. Um, Mark McGuinness in the championship, Ross. Did, did you did you see enough to think that that that's where he he should be playing his football this season? He's very much fifty fifty with town fans. I think I think uh, he had a few bright sparks, but there's times where you thought, "Oh!" But he's very raw. This will be an opportunity for him to step out of his comfort zone. He's now not going to be at Arsenal. He's going to be a permanent Cardiff player. Um, I think he will do well in the championship, definitely under Mick McCarthy's uh, uh, management and hopefully he'll have players around him that will help him up his game as well. I think him and Wolferden wasn't the partnership that um, probably balanced out really well. Um, so, yeah, best of luck to him at Cardiff and um, shall we have a reunion with uh, Mick McCarthy when we play them in the Carabao Cup? Well, hope, hopefully that comes. I think I'm with McGuinness. I... I th- I didn't think he was the right. I-, I felt it strange when they signed him, and I certainly didn't think that he was the right partner for Luke Wolfenden. Saying that, had Ipswich gone and signed him on a three-year contract this summer as a full-time player, not as a loanee, I'd have, I'd have been really happy with that because I think he's got he's certainly got attribute. He's got all of the attributes. He's a good he's a good guy. He's got the right attitude. He's a proper defender. I just didn't think he was. I just didn't think he was right as a as a loney in the role he was being asked to, to play. I didn't didn't think that was right. But I do I do think I think he'll be a success potentially at Cardiff. He's got the right manager, hasn't he? 
Yeah, 200 grand the fee for him, I'm told, in that sort of region. So Cardiff will have, whether he'll be a, a week-in, week-out starter for them, I'm sure they've kind of bought him with with potential in mind. I think he's got those sort of ball-playing, as much as he loves to go and win those towering headers, he's also got those ball-playing attributes to him as well. We saw a couple of those nice skillful runs and Cruyff turns and things like that that he, that he can do. He's a leader as well. Um, and I think in Mick McCarthy, he'll have someone that will, will help him kind of hone those attributes as a, as a centre-back. Uh, first and foremost, he'll want him to defend and it'll almost turn him into a you know a bit like the Christoph Berra warrior type who head it, kick it. There's a time to play, there's a time not to play. And I'm sure um, some of those raw edges will be rounded off. I, I think he could go on to have a, a decent career. I really do. And um, I think Andy's right. It was kind of, Right player, wrong time, kind of with, with Ipswich Town. Not necessary. You don't really need to be rounding off a centre back's raw edges when when you're trying to get yourself out the top end of, of League One necessarily. Certainly not when when the rest of your team is is pretty young as well. Head it, kick it, scramble around on the floor looking for your own teeth. That's what that's what Mick McCarthy wants from a centre back, isn't it? So Mark's going to have to be prepared to um, have some cosmetic work done on his uh, on his smile. If he's to be a success at Cardiff City, we we wish him we wish him all the best. Right, we've we've been here an hour. It's packed once again, almost as packed as as last week's podcast, um, which was jam packed. This one's very much tip tree jam packed. Um, is there anything we've missed, guys? Anything I've missed? Anything you want to say? I just want to say you've been on tip-top form today. You've got a new glow about you with your your blue tick. There's a little, there's a there's an aura about you, a, a confidence. I like it. It's just standards, mate. It's it, it's what it's all about, really. When you when you reach when you reach a certain level, you almost operate on autopilot, and that is very much where I feel like I am at the moment. I had some special sweets earlier, which have which have seen me through. Uh, See me through this podcast, an absolute treat. And um, I thank you for your kind words. I look forward to recommending you to my my friends at um, my friends at Twitter for a blue tick yourself. Me and Mike Bacon, actually, Mike Bacon, uh, uh, a semi regular on the pod, has um, he's got a blue tick. He's had one ages, and he says he says that we can do all sorts of things now. There's like special like special clubs we can go to and things like that which which people like you don't even know about so um that's what i'm doing tonight jealous not one bit <laughs> it's nonsense it's, it's nonsense isn't it i'll see what i can do i'll see if i can get you both a pass like a guest like a friends and family guest pass um you can come for like two hours but you can't use like the certain certain areas of the club <laughs> But <laughs> I can't end these podcasts. This is like wrap if, it if up, the, mate. it's it time. Up. It's time to wrap it up, isn't it? I'm going to have to quickly scroll through my emails to find the the Manscaped read uh, again because I, I am implored to tell you, and I'm not saying um, anything about making your Harry Kane longer or anything like that because it's just not it's just not befitting of me. But you can get 20 percent off and free delivery. With the code KOA at manscaped.com, that's 20% off with free delivery at manscaped.com, just using the code KOA. I'm also going to say, please leave some reviews. We haven't had we haven't had many reviews of late. Um, they stroke the ego. Um, they might even get, they certainly 
stroke Mark Heath's ego, who uh, who will be back on Monday following his whiskey fueled adventure in um, in Scotland. And um, yeah, follow, subscribe, watch our videos, read our articles, and uh, and stop talking, Andy. We'll see you next week. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.